All right, Sarah, you're on week three, week two of the, of the open. Of the open. How is it going? How is it going? Yes. So Kelly, I am doing the CrossFit open for the first time and it's, it was week two. And um, last week we talked about how I RX the first workout. I actually did pretty good because pretty well last week because it was a cardio based <laughs> workout. So I was just waiting for like when the Olympic lifting comes in to be, do you to say? To do less good. Okay. Yes. I won't say humiliated. That's too strong a word, but like to be humbled. Do you have, do you have it swimming where there's the fast lanes and the less fast lanes? You were going to do less good. That was fine. That's right. I was going to do less good. <laughs> the <laughs> Olympic lifting. So this week we had Olympic lifting in the workout last weekend. So it was 25 toes to bar, which is literally as it sounds like you're hanging from the bar. You have to touch I know what that is. It. I know. I'm not telling you. I'm telling the audience. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think I know what your workout was because Every one of my friends had done it on Facebook. Like everyone was posting about it. Right. So sorry to the, all the listeners who saw this all on Instagram 20,000 times. And then 50 double unders, which is skipping. And then you had to do a series of squat cleans starting at 85 pounds. And Ooh, yeah, on the yeah, RX sorry. one, it went up by 15 pounds each side, each round. Um, so the second round then was like 115 pound squat clean, which Ooh. I couldn't do. Shock, you'll be shocked to learn. Shock, shockingly. You know who, oh, in the number of people who posted about this week, you know who posted this? Chris Liedo. What? The former triathlete. Yeah, so I think he's crossfitting the open oh, as well. Now I have to go in and see how he compares to me. He didn't make it all the way through. Did you make it all the way through all the rounds? Because I understand there's like a time cap, right? No, I didn't make it through the first round. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way Chris Liedo would have made it through, like, like the lifting, he fell off in the middle, I believe, like after the second round. The weight of the the weight of them, especially like the weight of them was was like impressive. Like just making it through even the, like imagine squat cleaning. I can't even imagine 115 pounds. Anyway, people got through a lot more rounds than me. The uh, I got to be honest, the double unders are ordered dummy. I can only do two or three at a time. Mm-hmm. So it takes me a very so that's where like it's the only thing i have to say i was thinking about this like they're in crossfit because of where i am i'm still within like i've been doing it for about 10 months so there's like some some things i'm like kind of mediocre at and some things i'm like just bad at but there's only one thing i'm really good at and that's double unders good (laughs) good i'm glad you're good at something sarah i know i gotta have something got the got the skipping down from childhood so this week, like if you recall last week, I finished 91st out of 1,200 women in the 40 to 44 year old <laughs> age category in Canada. And this week I finished 196. That's actually, I mean, I was going to say that's not that much worse. I mean, it's double worse, but it's, you know, you're know. still in like the upper 20%. I know. It's not as bad as I thought. I was like, I'm still a little, and I'm still like ranked 99th. So I'm still like in the top 100. So we'll good see, job, you. See how long okay. I can hold on to the top 100. We all have to have goals, Sarah. No. Goals. Goals. Okay, coming up on the show, we have Tales from My Box. Kelly finally picked a race. When to listen to your gut instincts. Lance Armstrong's business model. And a voicemail, of course, from Kelly's mom. If We Were Riding is brought to you by Noon Hydration. And Sarah, I think it sounds like you could use one of Noon's immunity tablets right now. Ooh, tell us more about that, Kelly. (laughs) I'm actually holding them in my hand right now. Orange citrus, which would boost your immunity system um, since you seem to be having the winter cold. But they also have a whole bunch of products. They have sport tablets and vitamins. And my favorite is the performance drink. 
that's like the powder you put I just put it in like a water bottle sip on it while I'm typing on the computer all day it's basically the same as like a coke or a beer (laughs) (laughs) except it takes care of your hydration needs exactly What's your favorite flavor? Oh, I actually can't tell you what my favorite flavor is because they're about to come out with a whole bunch of new stuff and it's super top secret. So I can't tell you what my favorite flavor is. You're just gonna have to stay tuned. But I can tell you that all of their products have like super high quality ingredients, like good for the earth, very clean and specifically formulated for women. So. Ooh, I love it. Okay. Okay, top secret information. You're going to hear it soon right here on the If We Were Riding podcast. Awesome. Okay, and folks at home, you can use the code IRONWOMEN and you get 30% off at NoonLife.com. So that's IRONWOMEN at NoonLife.com. Live Feisty's If We Were Riding is brought to you by Ass Kicker Inc. Ass Kicker makes activewear for women featuring empowering phrases like work hard, play hard, kick ass, or strong women lift each other up. Ass Kicker Inc. also makes our fabulous Live Feisty tank tops, t-shirts, hoodies, and leggings. So to order yours, go to livefeisty.com and just choose shop from the menu. And of course, use the code RIDING to save 20%. That's RIDING, as in if we were at livefeisty.com. And remember, I before E, except if you're feisty. I'm Kelly O'Mara. And I'm Sarah Gross. And you're listening to Live Feisty's If We Were Riding. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop. This time, like the last time. You better get ready to race to the top. So Kelly, like last week, I have an additional tail from my box, which applies to my box and <laughs> my box. Many boxes. Your to, many boxes. To many boxes. <laughs> to my many boxes. Okay, so have you ever peed yourself during a workout? Yes, absolutely. Wow, really? <laughs> I like how it is. Yes. Uh, next question. <laughs> That's okay. All right. I thought it was a thing just for moms. I'm actually kind of heartened to hear that this this happens. To well, like- okay. I know it's like a big, like I know a lot of people after they give birth, it's like a really big problem. Like they are like legitimately just like can't control it. Have like pelvic floor. What's the word when it like fails and it like falls out, right? And they have to get like the. Oh yeah. That's an extreme measures, but I mesh think- thing that hangs it up. Yeah. 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 That's a, uh, prolapse uterus. Yeah, that sounds terrible. That's a different. But no, thing. Yeah. I because I I get bronchitis often, and so sometimes when I've had bronchitis, I've coughed so hard in the middle of a workout that I have both thrown up and peed myself at the same time. Wow, all the bodily <laughs> fluids. <laughs> well, you've got me beat there. Okay, so <laughs> so I think it's like a well-known thing, especially like being at the CrossFit gym or talking to other people who do CrossFit. It's a fairly normal thing that like, or, or I do this like if I see double unders on the board. Like skipping, like I always go to the bathroom first, right? Oh, interesting. Maybe that's what I'm doing wrong. Yeah, I, I would try. <laughs> if you want to stop peeing yourself, go no, I meant with my before. double unders. Maybe that's why I can't yes, do double unders. Heavy. I should pee first. Yes, yes. So then today we had double unders during the workout. It wasn't the open workout, but it was like just a regular workout. And I was wearing my brand new yellow tights. Oh no, I know. So the entire time, I have to tell you, like the entire time, I was just like doing my kegels and like squeezing my pelvic floor like because I'm like if I 
Yeah, if something happens here, it could be really embarrassing with these like my flashy new yellow tights. So I think I can. I think I held it together. Sometimes it's hard to tell. You're not sure. You're like <laughs> I'm not a hundred percent sure. Maybe not. But yeah. I, yeah. Anyway, You're so. like it's sweat. Who knows? So that happened. So <laughs> anyway. okay. That was a that was a moderately good story from your box. <laughs> Thanks <laughs> for sharing. Why? Thank you. <laughs> okay, so I hear you finally picked a race. Yes, finally. Thank you. Well, we know that I, uh, I was like going to say now with my luck, I've picked it. I've decided to do Oceanside and it's going to be the first year ever Oceanside gets canceled. But we know I wanted a tune-up race before Peru. And then, and I've been going back and forth all over the place, trying to listen to my gut, Sarah. Couldn't hear my gut. And then Daniela Reef announced she was going to do Oceanside. And I basically decided to go do it just so I can race Daniela. Because I think that'll be really fun. Okay, I have a question. I have a question. <laughs> Why? Like, okay, no, no. Like, honestly, honestly, there's like lots of reasons, right? It's like I needed a tune-up race. I missed the only other option of like the local option available to me here because I was still hurt. And so then it was like I've been going through all these different options, and there was just nothing was really jumping out at me. Really, like there wasn't there wasn't a good choice. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I always have a bad first race of the year, and I don't want to go to Peru and have a bad race, so I want to get it out of the way. Also, Oceanside is like a big one for all, like all my friends do it. All like my sponsors will be there. It's just like a, it's the big California launch of the season. So I even had thought about just going down, even though I wasn't going to race. You know what I'm saying? Like it all like logistically makes sense. Yeah. And then that was just like extra kind of like, it just sounded fun, right? It sounds like I've probably, she rarely, Daniela rarely races in the US. I'm probably not going to like, probably not going to Europe this year. I don't know. Haven't decided what I'm doing after June. Clearly, I don't make decisions, but I'm probably not going to. And I was just kind of like, and Holly Lawrence is doing like, it's going to be a good race. So it would be fun to be in that. Yeah. And see. I think it is. Sometimes I think it is. If you have your mind in the right place, a good idea to see how you stack up against a, a competitive field with which Oceanside always is. So. And I'm not going to like get down. Unless I get lapped in the two lap half marathon, then I will. But other than that, like if I lose by 20, 50, 30 minutes to dance, whatever, right? I actually did, though, seriously, when you know you sign up for an Ironman and it says, tell your story and you never know what to write there. Mm-hmm. I just wrote, I'm just here to race Daniela, period. So I kind of hope they read that when I come across the That's amazing the when you're line. coming across the line like 26 minutes later. Yes. yes. And they're going to read out, <laughs> Kelly came here today to race against Daniela. So anyway, but that made me think like, but it also just, it felt good in my gut, Sarah. And I've been like waiting for something that like sounded good. Do you listen to your, like when you're picking races, do you go with like that one? Just, I just want to do that. I don't I, like, I'm, it just sounds good. It may not make sense. It may not be smart, but I'm, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to be devil's advocate here. I think that I did do that. <laughs> I definitely did do that. I okay, think maybe I shouldn't well. have. <laughs> that maybe I should have applied logical reasons more to my race picks. So like how competitive is the field likely to be? What right. are my chances of making money? What are my chances of getting a placing that's going to increase my visibility and sponsorship? All of those things. Whereas I was often like, Hey, I just want to do this. Yay. Let's go there. Oh, I came sixth again. Yeah. I always come six. It's fine. <laughs> I think like a six at Oceanside is more exciting than a six at fucking some random thing. But Last year, I did try to do that. I did try to, or two years ago, whatever. I did try to be smart and all like very careful about my choices. And, and it still doesn't, and it like kind of doesn't work out half the time anyway. True. And then you're also like not excited about being there. 
True. So yeah, if it's a kind of race, if it's the thing where you're not going to get excited about being there, if you haven't gone with your gut, then yes, definitely go with your gut. Right. I so think I have a, oh, sorry. No, I was just, you know, but then I, but then on your side, I was thinking about it. And sometimes my gut's like, this is going to be terrible. It's going to be awful. And then it's like the best race you have. So you can't always listen to your gut. I don't know when you do listen to your gut. I have a theory okay. about that. Okay. Okay. So here's, <laughs> be ready to be wowed. Okay. I okay. Th- I think we should listen to our gut on big decisions, like big life decisions that ma- that matter, that like gut right. instinct matters more and that smaller decisions, not so much. Yeah. I actually think that like you have to make life decisions based on like, like I want to take this job or I don't, you can't, you can't like sit there and weigh all the pros that you have to just do it. If you want to do it, you want to do it. If you don't want to do it, you don't want to do it. Like end of discussion. Yeah. That's how it goes. Okay. And I want to tell you this also in, in all of my relationships, like romantic relationships, right? Okay. Whatever my first, you know, you're like, you're like in a new relationship and it's all fun and it's great. Right. It's and great. then like that you get some kind of like instinct, like, Oh, <laughs> like there was something <laughs> that something that gave you pause. You know what I'm saying? Like that instinct. Okay. Okay. Though, that instinct for me, like 99% of the time ends up being the reason that we break up like five months, one year, three years later. Yeah, but isn't that just you not letting go of something and letting it weigh you down and, you know, being neurotic? I think if I listened to my instincts earlier, (laughs) I would have saved myself a lot of pain and strife. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. So this came up this week and I wrote about it in the newsletter because I was at this Stanford Business School Innovation in Sports Conference, which was... Which sounds awesome, by the way. Which was, it was awesome. It was also just as fancy as it sounds, just to be clear. Like Condoleezza Rice came and talked to us about basketball, right? Like fancy. How do I get Uh, invited to this thing? You pay them money. Uh, (laughs) But one of the talks was from Sean Johnson, who's like the Olympic gymnast from 2008. Back, you know, you know how America just like produces the best gymnasts in the world every year? Like... And it's always a new one. She was one of them. Yeah, I remember her. Right. And basically, after 2008, when she won her medal, she quit, was 16, like didn't know what to do with her life, came back to gymnastics, had this whole comeback and was like going to make the next 2012 team. She had, she said big sponsors, but I'm like pretty sure, you know, she had Nike, Coke, but like McDonald, like the big ones lined up, mm-hmm. ready to give her millions and millions of dollars. She had the USA Gymnastics being like, show up at trials and you're on the team, right? Like all set and then she said a week before the olympic trials her gut told her like i i don't want to do this i'm out and she quit she like called up her sponsors and was like i'm sorry wow that is insane one and so like one obviously it's like well would you do that could you do that i don't really want to get into like is it the right choice or not because i don't actually believe there is a right or wrong choice when it's like that kind of a decision like it's whatever the choice is for you is the right choice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there is no such thing as a wrong choice in that kind of thing. But would you like, would you listen to your gut if it was saying give up millions and millions of dollars? Well, I have to say I admire her for being able to do that. I don't think I could do it. I think I would test my gut at that point. Yeah. Like I'd be like, take eh. a couple more steps forward and see how it feels. <laughs> you know what I mean? See how oh, those Olympic trials would, go. Like, yeah. I would be like, I'm going to show up to the trials. Yeah, we'll see. Just I'll see make the happens. decision after. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would totally be like that. Maybe that's why I didn't win an Olympic medal. <laughs> that's definitely it. Probably. <laughs> what is the craziest thing then that you've done that your gut told you to do, but everyone else was like, this is a bad idea. Like, this is the wrong choice. This is a bad decision. 
don't do it. Oh man. I didn't have, I don't have anything prepared. I think that <laughs> I think I have more examples of not listening to my gut when I should. Okay, have. fine, fine. What did you, what is the biggest not listening to your gut? <laughs> I can't say it. On- <laughs> <laughs> it's like you didn't even know I was going to ask this, but you knew I was going to ask this. I said, I, w- I said I was going to give my relationship gut instinct advice. Oh, okay. Well, fine. Okay. Here's one. Here's one. I, okay. When I was choosing where to do my PhD, I had two places like it came down to like I applied to five. It came down to two and one was was in Texas and one was in Edinburgh, Scotland. Like there literally couldn't have been two more diverse places. And I did have more like I was offered way more money in Texas and I Hmm. listened to my gut and I went to Edinburgh anyway. And then in my second year, I got like because PhDs are generally like typically paid for you know like you don't right, typically pay right, for a PhD right, you right. get funding and so I had like I didn't have complete funding to go to Edinburgh but then in the second year I had like way more than complete funding so my gut paid off do you feel like so you feel like you made the right choice there I do absolutely okay good good mm-hmm. what about you do you have an example yeah college is actually when I had to tell a lot of people because I I don't know how they do it in I don't know how they do it in Canada but when I applied to college, I did not apply to like a, a safety school. I was like, I want to go to Harvard or Stanford or Berkeley or Yale. End of discussion, right? Like that was it. Right. And all of my counsel, all my teachers, we had like guidance counselors at my school. Um, Cause I went to like a, went to like a nice suburban high school, right? They were all like, you're, you know, 90% chance you don't get in just cause these are crapshoots. You just like, don't know how it's going to play out. And what's your backup plan? And I literally said I had to have so many conversations with adults that year that went, if I don't get into school, like I'll just do something else for a year. I'm a smart person. I'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. I don't need to go to college. And oh my, oh my God, you should have seen (laughs) people like flipped out. Like it was bad. And Sarah, I got rejected from a lot of fucking schools that year. (laughs) And it was very, uh, it was very, a very tough uh thing <laughs> but you know it worked out it was fine it worked out you got into one yeah. the one that you went yeah. to so there you go see it worked out, it all worked out. Like, it, that was like you just allowing what do you call it like your destiny to take over that's my theory that's actually my theory here i'm like see it's i i needed to get rejected so that i got humble which i don't think stuck but it's fine <laughs> So yeah, if you ever like want to have to, you know, go to bat for something and feel bad about yourself, definitely do that to follow my, my, my plan. Okay. All kinds of great mm-hmm. life advice. This week. <laughs> I know. That's See, usual. somebody said, I, they feel like our podcast is basically just sitting in on a therapy session. They did. And it makes sense. I feel like, yeah. Well, that makes I'm not me sure. feel good. Thank you. Whoever said that. I'm not sure which one of us is the therapist, but it's fine. I know we, we trade roles back and forth. <laughs> okay. So here's something I want to know about because. Speaking of needing therapy, I started a media company, as we all know. <laughs> and, and then immediately, almost a few days after, so did Lance Armstrong. Right. And I understand you learned something about his business model. I was really interested in it. Yeah. So at this conference, which was like very weird. So like the innovation sports conference had a lot of big people coming. And I know a lot of people were like upset that they invited Lance. And that's fine. Like you're allowed to be upset. And I wasn't particularly upset. There were other people that had also done bad things in their lives there. Um, it was a very strange conference, though, because it was a lot of like people who own 
many things, right? There's yeah. the, it's the kind of place, Sarah, where someone says like, well, my parents were like, if you want to take over the 49ers, that's fine. And if you don't, then we'll just sell it. <laughs> and you're like, my parents never said anything like that. That's funny. The only thing I've ever been left is like Royal Dalton from my grandma. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a weird, it was like an inch, but it was very interesting because you had like very good speakers and you had a lot of companies presenting like new technologies because it was all about innovation, which were, you know, heavily focused on concussions and, you know, measuring athlete data and like using it to optimize. But then you also were talking about innovation in money. Like this is Silicon Valley. It's all about technology and money, basically. Yeah. And so Lance Armstrong was there to talk about money like about business and athletes going into business and investing and so here's what i picked up he kind of talked about is in passing but my take but this is what i think i'm right about this i think this is my takeaway so he is starting a i'm gonna call it a venture capital firm fund but it might technically be like private equity or i don't know for sure but it's a fund it's a capital fund and he's going out and getting money and then he's going to invest in businesses Mm -hmm that he hopes will like make him a return. Right. Which is like, that's always a risky business. Cause like seven out of 10 fail or nine out of 10 fail. But then, you know, if the one or two that do are fucking Uber, then you make a lot of money. Like that's how it works. Right. But his whole theory is that he's going to put his money into sports companies and endurance sports companies and endurance sports products. You know, that somebody who has the next new e-bike mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. And part of his sales pitch for like why they are going to be good investors is that then when he invests in that new e-bike, he can talk about it on his popular podcasts Mm -hmm. and in his media company. And he's able to show he has like case studies of when he's talked about products and their sales like quadrupled, went up 10 times and then they became very successful. So then after he talks up that e-bike and the company sells more, they'll make more money, and then his venture capital firm will profit. Right. So this... Uh, and it sounds weird. I, I, that's why I, I kept being like, am I understanding this right? Yeah, like this sounds like my first, my gut instinct, my gut reaction to this is, A, isn't that illegal? <laughs> I B, don't like, think so. How can you, like, that's like totally, that's like a monopoly, right? It actually made me think about like how, because um, you know how like there's like laws surrounding like monopolies. Right. But they probably yes. the laws probably haven't been updated into like the new world of like, like it literally like covers like how you could monopolize a certain space, like basically on the World Wide Web. OK, so one monopolies are defined by like share of market product and Lance Armstrong does not have a share of however you define the market podcasts, endurance sports products, venture. Right. He like he has what, two percent, less than one percent, a tiny percentage. So he's not a, he like is a monopoly. He has vertical integration, like owning the whole chain. Right. But that's not like illegal. Secondly, I don't know if it'll run afoul of FCC, but certainly it, it won't if he says, which he acknowledged and I'm sure he will say, you know, just for clarity, like I do put money into this product, but I still think it's great, which I'm sure he will say, right. Okay. Just to be on the safe side. Yeah. And if he well, I does think to be on the legal side, like you have to say, I know even well, on our podcast, we have to say sponsored by. Right. But so that is like FCC regulation, but I'm not sure FCC regulation oversees podcast yet. Like podcasting is the wild, wild west. Mm-hmm. And people generally follow old traditional school media principles, but they don't have to. Certainly people promote their own books and products right. and stuff all the time. Did you see what's his name? Who I like fucking despise doing an ad for mattresses in the middle of like that anti-abortion rally. Cause he was recording his podcast from the rally. 
it was bizarre, but like you are allowed to do that because this is America. So wow. So you could. So I don't think it's illegal. Is my point, but I think it's super weird. Yeah, I think it. I don't know. I don't know. It is super weird, but maybe maybe it's maybe that's the next my next move. In my, start a venture capital yeah. firm. So we'll just start a venture capital firm next, Kelly. I think you do not know the people that. The people at this conference know. Yeah, no, to be clear, there's 0% chance I would be able to start a venture capital firm. <laughs> right. Like, do you, how many people do you know that can casually give you $100,000? Because if the answer isn't like 10, yeah, you got nothing. Got nothing. Dead in the water. <laughs> so... <laughs> Amazing. Okay, so we're going to go with our previous method. Of, of ads of ads which which we should say thank you everybody order your noon and go to com <laughs> and order our tank tops because literally that's how we make money because we don't own a venture capital firm just FYI. okay just in case you were wondering because you were like man they really seem like they've got it made okay after the break we're gonna have a voicemail from our very favorite voicemailer We would like to thank Noon Hydration for supporting the podcast. Get 30% off your order by using the code IRONWOMEN at NoonLife.com. That's IRONWOMEN at NoonLife.com. And don't forget to order your feisty gear at LiveFeisty.com with the code RIDING to get a 20% discount. Follow at If We Were Riding on all the social medias and leave us a review on iTunes. Also, tell your actual friends in person how awesome we are, because that works too. If We Were Riding is a Live Feisty Media production and is hosted by Kelly O'Mara and me, Sarah Gross. Our marvelous editor is Aaron Hamilton. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop this time like the last time. You better get ready to race to the top. I'm ready to do this, show you what the truth is. I step on the field, it's time to get real, and I'm feeling so ruthless. Well, just to add to the confusion about all the words meaning all the different things, I've never heard the word box used to refer to a vagina. Though, to be honest, I'd never heard the word box used to refer to a gym until you started talking about CrossFit. I have recently heard the word smash as reference for sex, but that's mostly among young people and fairly recently. I have friends my age, 50s, who don't like the word feisty because for them it has all these super condescending connotations. Like the little chicken hawk and the old foghorn leghorn cartoons. All bluster and fuss and kind of ridiculous. But, you know, I mean, come to think of it, the little chicken hawk got it done most of the time. So maybe feisty's not so bad. I was glad to hear from your mom again. Yeah. Were you worried about her? I know. I missed her like, last What happened week. to Kelly's mom? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So she, when she emailed me her voicemail, she, her only subject line was my friend, Joanna or whatever, has the same reaction to the word feisty that many people have to moist. <laughs> so. <laughs> Which I'm not really sure what to do with that information as someone who owns a business called feisty. She's just like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. But in all fairness, when you named it this, I also told you, ew, I hate the word feisty. Mm-hmm. And it gives me like a bad reaction because 
you 100% associate it with that certain brand of like middle-aged guy who like really feels, really feels like he's being supportive and just thinks you're great. He just thinks you're just full of opinions and aren't you just feisty and you're just, you're just a fire, right? And you're like, go fuck yourself. (laughs) I am your equal. Stop talking down to me. Yes. No, I, I, I completely hear you. I like the reclaiming of the words thing. I figured like, you were going to say we're reclaiming. And I don't, I don't know. It's my, it's my thing. So <laughs> I'm reclaiming feisty for all its various, from all its various meanings and bringing it back to us. We own it now. I don't know. Can't we just be angry or like opinionated or just people? Like, I don't even think we're feisty, <laughs> just, right? We're just fucking people. Like, for example, I'm pretty sure my husband is as argumentative as I, as I am. He will disagree with you. He will argue with you about this. But I am right. I don't think anyone's ever been to him. Oh, well, don't you have a lot of opinions, which people say to me all the time. Right. Right. You see what I'm saying yeah. here? Yeah. I definitely yeah. think these things uh, go in waves, right? So there's mm-hmm. like the, I think like the first wave is like the reclaiming wave. And then eventually it just settles in and people like, like hopefully we'll be in a place in like 20 years from now, right? Where we won't have to be, would you say, like we won't even have to talk about this anymore because the word feisty will just mean feisty. It won't necessarily be a female oriented word. Like, cause right now it is like, that's actually it what totally I totally is. I Googled it. I Googled to when I was doing brainstorming for this, one of the things I Googled was like words we use to describe women. Right. Just oh, like, nice. And they were like feisty, perky. Yeah. <laughs> feisty. Yeah, exactly. It was all these like, horrible things. I, I came up with all these great articles too about, about these nice. things. Right. Um, <laughs> but like hopefully feisty in 20 years will just be a neutral term and won't because it isn't by definition a, fe- a feminine or something like it isn't a word designed to describe women. It's just like how we use it right now in our moment of time in, in the English language. So. Okay, well, I am rejecting anyone's label of me as feisty, just so you know. Okay. And I am simply a person. (laughs) And as we've talked about previously on the podcast, this is what feminism is all about, that you can make your choices around your feistiness. Around your feistiness. There you go. None of you people can tell me to stop. My town, my crown. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top.